Hello and welcome back to another edition of EdChoice Chats. This is the State Policy Series. I am Jason Bedrick, your host. I'm the Director of Policy here at EdChoice. And joining me today is Brandon Dutcher. He is the Senior Vice President of the Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Good to be with you. So Oklahoma has two school choice programs. The first of those was enacted and launched in 2010, and that's the Lindsay Nicole Henry Scholarships for Students with Disabilities. So could you tell us a little bit about what this program does and and who's eligible for it? Yes. So this is our private school voucher program. It is for special needs kids, so kids on an IEP or an ISP. Then in 2017, we expanded it to include foster children or uh, children that are adopted out of state custody. So the eligibility has grown. The voucher is worth the amount of state and local money spent on the child in his public school or whatever the tuition and fees would be at the private school, whichever is less. So that turns out on average to be around $6,600 in Oklahoma. And... There are about 827 students participating, which is great for them. It's not very many compared to the nearly 700,000 students in the state, but that's who's participating so far. It's a rather impressive growth considering that the program started with six students. But as you mentioned, 800, I mean, we're, t- we're talking a fraction of 1% of the total student population of Oklahoma. Right. So still a very, very small program. But it does provide a decent-sized scholarship, and I'm sure that it makes a huge difference to those students who are participating. And yet, this was a very controversial law, at least legally speaking. Could you give us a little bit of the background of the lawsuits that this has faced? <laughs> yes, it was. It was uh, kind of shocking what ensued after it was passed, 2010, and then some school districts in the Tulsa area especially really were recalcitrant to the point of, uh, first they said, well, we're not going to participate. Then the attorney general said, no, you you really do need to participate. And when you say participate, what do you mean? Well, we're just not going to honor it. We're not going to, we don't think it's constitutional and therefore we're not going along with this. (laughs) Right. Because the school district is necessary to sign off on some of the paperwork. Right. To let these students go get a voucher and go to a private school. Right. And so they were dragging their heels. Even uh, the Jinx public schools actually sued parents in 2012 and said, you you can't do this. And um, it was really... You talk about bad public relations, that could be a textbook case of it, but uh, I remember the bill's author, uh, Jason Nelson, said, God, it's like it's like suing grandma for participating in Medicare. I mean, it, right. is, it doesn't make any sense, but they did it. That was dismissed on procedural grounds. The court said, you don't have standing. and um, You can't sue the parents, right? You, you can't you, sue you parents. Should... That's the wrong, <laughs> wrong defendant. Right. Yes. You, sue, you sue the government for having a program you don't like, uh, not the beneficiaries of that program. Right. It's it's amazing that they thought they could get away with that. but Yes. I guess they figured that uh, the state would have the lawyers to defend it and these parents wouldn't? Or what was the what was the logic there, if you, if you know? Well, I wish I could get in their heads and, and no, I really don't. They just, I think they were shocked that it passed and they were so confident that they had the state constitution on their side 
that they were just bold in this way. But it was thrown out, as I said. So they regrouped and found some plaintiffs to, um, you know, sue the state. And so, and then, and then they actually prevailed in an Oklahoma County District Court in 2014. And so it looked like the program could be on the ropes, but it went to the Oklahoma Supreme Court. And in 2016, we won unanimously, nine to zero. The court said this program is constitutional. And that, of course, cleared the way potentially for other school choice programs. Yeah, it sure looks that way because of the way it was written. I mean, it was, you read the decision and you're like, wow, this is, did Clint Bullock write this or what? I mean, this is unbelievable. They cited Zelman versus Simmons Harris and they said all the things that we would have wanted them to say. I mean, look, this doesn't violate the Blaine Amendment because, you know, parents can voluntarily participate. They can choose what school, uh, the money goes to the parent, it doesn't go to the state and so on. And you read it and you think, wow, this not only is this constitutional, but it, it sure looks like clear sailing for, for further expansions of any sort of voucher program in Oklahoma. And so you did have one new voucher, pro- or not actually in this case, a tax credit scholarship program that was enacted in 2011, but launched in 2013. So could you tell us a little bit about the Oklahoma Equal Opportunity Education Scholarships? Yeah, that's now that's our tax credit scholarship program, which you know, what, 17 other states or something have. And um, it's really pretty generous in terms of eligibility. A student just has to be in a household with income of up to 300% of free and reduced lunch. So in Oklahoma, that's $139,000 for a family of four. So, you know, north of 80% of the families in the state are eligible. The average scholarship has turned out to be around $2,100. But the program has really taken off. I'm actually vice president of one of the scholarship granting organizations, the largest one in the state. So I'm intimately involved with that as well, uh, not just in the think tank capacity here. And it's it's really exciting, just like the Lindsay Nicole program has produced so many wonderful stories, this has as well. So we're thrilled with it and we hope to expand it. Right. And so in this case, the contributors, and is it uh, just individuals or businesses that are making the contributions? Businesses. Yeah, it can be businesses and it can be individuals as well. And both would receive 50% tax credit, correct? 50%. Or if you commit to two years, it's 75%, which a lot of people do. Right. I imagine they would. 50 would be the lowest credit value in the country, uh, tied for lowest, of all the 18 states that have tax credit scholarship programs, although 75% would put it toward the mid-range, but still on the lower end of the scholarship size. How many students is the program currently serving? There are approximately 3,000 students benefiting from the program, which is up substantially from just 38 when we started. And so it's it's growing every year. We've actually hit the cap on tax credits the last two years. So there's a bit of urgency now to raise the cap so we can help more and more kids. Right. It's been fairly impressive growth. And actually, it, just in the last year, it's uh, almost doubled in the number of students who are participating. So clearly there is demand for this program. What do you think, though, is going to be next for Oklahoma? I think it's always easier to expand what you have rather than create something new. So I think the most likely candidates will be to expand 
eligibility for the Lindsay Nicole Henry scholarship and to raise the cap on the tax credit scholarship program. Our session just started on February 4th, and there are actually a couple bills in the legislature right now that would expand eligibility uh, for the Henry scholarship. One of them would expand eligibility to homeless students. There's actually a private school for homeless students in, in Oklahoma City called Positive Tomorrows, really unique, maybe the only school of its kind in the country. It participates in the tax credit scholarship program, but now there's a bill to make homeless kids eligible for the voucher as well. And another bill would expand uh, eligibility for the children of incarcerated parents. There's actually a school not far from our office here that, that caters specifically to kids whose mom or dad is in jail. They, they don't do well in public school. They get made fun of and so forth. But this school really has a heart for these kids, and so there's a bill that would expand to that population. There is also a bill that's not part of Lindsay Nicole Henry, but it would create a new scholarship program modeled after Lindsay Nicole Henry, just basically a private school scholarship for students who are bullied in public schools, which, as you know, is a huge problem nationwide. Right, and similar to the HOPE scholarships that were enacted last year in Florida and are actually serving hundreds of students who experience bullying or harassment in their school districts and uh, the school was not able to address the issue. And so this becomes not only an escape hatch for those students who are going to school and being tormented every day, but also creates a very strong financial incentive for the schools to take the issue of bullying seriously because they know that if they don't, then these families have other options for their children. Yes, indeed. That is exactly the thinking. Now, can you tell us a little bit, actually, of the history of the Lindsay Nicole Henry Scholarship? How did it get its name? Fascinating. It was actually signed into law by a Democrat, Governor Brad Henry. When it got to his desk, it was unclear whether he would sign it. I mean, typically Democrats don't sign voucher bills, but he read it and thought it was a perfectly good idea. And he even allowed it to be named for his daughter, a little girl named Lindsay Nicole Henry, who had been born with a rare disease. And um, sadly, at just seven months old, she had died in her parents' arms. And obviously that she holds a special place in their heart. And lo and behold, you know, two decades or so after her death, we have the Lindsay Nicole Henry Scholarship Program. The governor or his staff or, or no one asked for it to be named for her, but it was suggested to him as a way to honor her memory and let it be known that, that she and her parents are helping to improve the lives of special needs kids, which is exactly what's happening. I mean, as we said, there's only 827 students right now, but that is 827 lives changed and, and wonderful stories. And so only fitting that we would then expand the program to help other vulnerable populations like the homeless or the children of the incarcerated. It makes sense to me, yeah. What do you think the prospects are of legislation to expand the Henry scholarships or for that matter, the increased funding or you know tax credit cap so that there could be more funding for the tax credit scholarship program? Um, crystal balls are always dicey. The expanding it to the homeless seems seems like a no-brainer. I mean, the good news, it's, it's being run by the Senate President Pro Tem. That's always a good sign. We actually went in the field with a public opinion poll uh, just to test some of these questions. That one polled 
off the charts, 82 to 14, 82% support expanding it to homeless students. 14% of people <laughs> for some reason do not. Uh, but that's that's pretty strong. Uh, the incarcerated one as well was, was very strong, 76% to 20%. And the bullied one, we pulled that and it was strong too, 64% support creating a program like that, private scholarships for bullied kids, uh, only 29% opposed. So, you know, it's hard to know, but in 2010, I didn't think there was a chance, especially with a Democratic governor, and, and it happened, so we just do the best we can. Well, we're very much looking forward to seeing what happens this year. We are very hopeful and look forward to seeing an expansion of school choice in Oklahoma. And thank you for all of your efforts to, to make that happen. Oh, well, thank you. And I forgot to mention that in 2010, there was a person named Leslie Heiner from this organization called the Friedman Foundation, who actually came to Oklahoma and helped us get the Lindsay Nicole Henry bill passed. So we're grateful to you and we will keep doing our best here. Well, our pleasure. We'll do the best we can on our end. Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining the podcast. My guest today has been Brandon Dutcher of the Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs. You can subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Follow us on social media at EdChoice and sign up for email on our website, edchoice.org. You've been listening to EdChoice Chats. We'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.